2: here we go off and running on a gray and frigid day the 18th day of october 2022 here in the hills and hollers almost level west by coleman chenya stand. Uh, yeah it's uh it's it's uh, mighty brisk although it's well we're testing out the heat pump side of the floor unit air conditioner and it's a toasty little too toasty 77 degrees in here damn it might be naked radio before i know what happened uh, but no, it's it, it's not bad at all. And you know what? I'm not complaining because I don't have 18 inches of snow on the ground like they do in the Upper Midwest. Kind of wondering how many, uh, the, the, how much of the filthy white stuff uh, our pal Joy in Ann Arbor got. Ugh. Sorry. I mean, I know there's some people who like it. I'm just done. Just done. Uh, hi, I'm Robin. And if you should happen to pop by the uh, head on dot live chat room here in the next few minutes, you'll be and, and jump into the wacky zany multimedia madcap extravaganza that is the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time, all time zones in between and the great globe round and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. Well, just right now... Ah, uh, let me check. I'll make sure that I don't get anything wrong here. Yep, you'll be greeted by uh, early arrivers. Uh, squeaky and Irish Dave. And capably moderated by pinch-hit Midweek Chatroom Utility Moderator and all-around great, great guy, Steve, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgetown. Steve! Um, yeah, the entire southeast is in a... Uh, in in a in a freeze status i mean uh, the orange juice futures may take a hit in uh florida what yeah uh and uh we even had the filthy little snowflake icon on the uh, oh i hate it uh, and in fact uh <laughs> oh those the Halkin days of the early pandemic yeah no not really Uh, Billable Rick says, snow in the upper Midwest. Is Joy going to be mowing her snow today in Michigan, or has Governor Whitmer banned that practice? (laughs) Oh, freedom the to mow my snow. Yeah, I remember that. I do, I do. So it is uh, Titanic Tuesday on the Horn, and, well, uh, I think it's going to live up to its name this evening. But every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program... Is no different. And so consequently, we say thank you to our 18th day of the month subscribers via PayPal. And that means we say thank you to uh, Grace. And yes, to the aforementioned Joy in Ann Arbor. And to Charlene in Rogue's Island. And to our dear, dear friend in the South Pacific. And thank you to Cecilia for jumping in after the program last night. And thanks again to Lady B. So remember that there was a uh, uh, there was a, a challenge on the table, and so uh, with Cecilia jumping in and Lady B jumping in, and uh, and and uh, uh, Dave and the Blind, and Christine, uh, that means uh, let's see <laughs> our hundred and fifty dollar anonymous challenge, uh, courtesy of our friend in, uh, in, in in solidarity with Darlene in Rogues Island uh... is down to a hundred and ten bucks and that's tremendous thank you thank you so much everybody who jumped in on that there's a hundred and ten dollars to go on that and then earlier today i had a note from uh... cat in ohio it's fall y'all get your COVID booster challenge now fifty bucks i got mine didn't hurt a bit let me know when it's met and i will cat thank you so much so all totaled uh... there's a hundred and sixty dollars in challenge money on the table and 100 and, and the the 150 uh in, in solidarity challenge with Darlene is a 2 for 1 so we could get way 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 down from the uh, 1100 and uh let's see uh, uh, it, it ended at 1175 11, yeah 1165 that uh, uh we ended with last night and that would be fantastic because well you know how this you know, you know how this place runs and or doesn't run. We managed to keep this going for a long time, uh, when others have fallen by the wayside. Uh, even some people who were sponsored by stupid beats. Go figure. But uh hopefully we'll we'll knock that down there. Is breaking news uh this afternoon, i mean it literally just crossed uh, it crossed my uh notifications moments ago remember john durham uh John durham who was appointed special prosecutor by bill Barta prosecution to the, the to to root out the corruption you know and he, of course he was you know bill Barta prosecution was uh servilely doing the bidding of uh geezer disgustus. uh going to find out all the corruption they were going uh, to find out all the corruption that led to the Steele dossier you know the PP file or the file that had reference to the PP tape which we all get and you know a shocking load of the Steele dossier turned out to be true well uh John Durham because he is a uh, willing uh... Renfield uh, maggot decided to throw his legal career on a dumpster fire and accept the uh, commission and he has now taken two cases to trial rooting out corruption the corruption of the
3: false Russia, Russia, Russia which, believe me totally
2: false yeah, uh, well, among other things uh, John Durham indicted a, uh, a a Russian dude named Igor Danchenko and Igor Danchenko was the primary source for the Steele dossier, the PP dossier. And you know, usually uh, the 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 powers of the federal government are mickle indeed. When usually when when the feds indict somebody, it's because they feel like they've got them pretty much dead to rights. Well, <laughs> oh, that's good, Steve in New York. Uh, John Durham's nickname O for John. <laughs> oh, uh, that's an early cowbell. That's definitely. An- yes Um, well he uh, 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 John Durham took uh, Igor Danchenko to court on a charge of lying to the FBI Um, well a jury tried and true heard the evidence against Igor Danchenko uh, he's an uh, he's an expatriate Russian. He's an analyst with a think tank. And um, John rooting out corruption Durham. Oops. Man, y'all are mean early. Lee in New York says John Durham, the kudzu beard that wants to take over the face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh for John. I really love it. <laughs> and the kudzu beer Yes, yes. Uh and uh by the and, and by the way, thank you. Thank you to not billable Rick, uh up in Washington. Rick not billable. Uh we uh have gotten the fundraising uh the 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 uh, challenge goal down to uh, Thirty-five bucks. It's pretty huge. And then there's a $50 challenge behind that. So uh, we could get down with all of that. uh, We could get down to like 600 bucks. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's tremendous. And now back to that. So. There were five counts of lying to the FBI because apparently John Durham went into a uh, a, a federal grand jury and indicted a ham sandwich. Uh, Last Friday, the uh, the, uh, judge in the case went, nah, this count's got to go and threw that one out. And the gravamen of the charge was that... Igor Danchenko lied to the FBI about contacts that he had with a Belarusian American businessman uh <laughs> Darlene, please don't send the kudzu back to Connecticut. <laughs> is this how it's gonna be tonight? Yeah, it's appealing. Um uh, but what this means is that uh the Belarusian American businessman was a source for a whole lot of the talk about things like the PP tape and the various and sundry sleazy things that Julius Geezer got into over in Mother Russia. CNN refers to it as the largely discredited dossier and says it was a collection of unverified and salacious allegations compiled by retired British spy Christopher Steele. Well, no, that's the thing. They didn't get it, you know, one-to-one analog on point, but they got in the same zip code with a lot of it. But because CNN is now being run by a guy who wants desperately to be Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda... uh, uh, CNN has to put into the story whose dirt uh, Christopher Steele whose dirt digging was indirectly funded by Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016 uh, never mentioning the fact that Hillary Clinton did not initiate the Steele dossier that it was done by the what, Washington Free Beacon a Republican rag that was looking for dirt and what a pity they didn't do a little bit better job Trying to stop the juggernaut that was the or the derper knot uh, the jiggle knot wad of adipose uh, jiggling adipose tissue and insecurities and petty grievances that nitwit Nero is uh, now, no mention of that, and now. Well, the kudzu beard has a lot of egg on it. And it's not a great look for John. Oh, but that's okay. He'll land on his feet. He'll get a job with some silk-stocking right-wing POS law firm in D.C. or something and hopefully leave the good people of Connecticut alone. Stuart Sears was the lawyer who represented, uh, defended Igor Danchenko. He said, we've known all along that Mr. Danchenko was innocent. We're happy now that the American public knows that as well. We thank these jurors for their hard work and deliberation in reaching the right decision. Meanwhile, uh, the man with kudzu and egg on his face said, uh, While we are disappointed in the outcome, we respect the jury's decision and thank them for their service. I also want to recognize and thank the investigators and the persecution team for their dedicated efforts in seeking truth and justice in this case. Well, that's kind of bullshit because there never was a case. And so now, I don't know what Ditwit Nero is going to do.
3: So it turns out the guy that. Well, it's Bill Barr's fault. He chose the wrong prosecutor. A good prosecutor would have gotten it done.
2: Oh, maybe it's one of those good prosecutors who's working on your indictment, fuckwit. See, it's words like fuckwit, I guess, that keeps, like, you know, CBS Sunday morning from clipping (laughs) clipping my program. Um. And see, here's the thing: the FBI used to pay Igor Danchenko as an informant. And you know, I don't know how this happens, but uh, John Durham uh, leaned on his FBI handler from back when he was when Danchenko was an informant, and said, "Don't you think he was a spy? Really, don't you think he was a spy?" And instead, the FBI handler said, uh, "No." And this was on the stand. Ow. He said, no, he's a treasured FBI informant. And, well, Mr. Durham, you may have hurt national security by indicting him. Mm, it's going to leave a mark. Ooh, here, I got an idea. Let's investigate John Durham. Kudzu, egg on his face, and all. Miserable little shit eating maggot that he is. Oh, he had an impeccable reputation. Yeah, that's before he accepted the gig from, you know, Bill Barr to prosecution, who at the time was still uh, uh, being a toady little lick spittle for his master, Donald Trump. Uh, Steve in New York noting, oh, the cowbells are just flowing. Yes, they are. And uh, yes, Billable Rick was right there. Cowbell for Kudzu Beard. It's, it's 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 fun when we have little grace note moments like this. John Durham did manage to get one conviction, one paltry little misdemeanor conviction for perjury from a low-level FBI lawyer. Aw. On the other hand, Stephen New York notes that uh, Mueller's conviction rate is a tad better. Uh, Let's see. It was uh, a... a, Well, uh, he indicted the Russian troll farm. Uh, He uh, he charged Russian spies with stealing the Democratic emails. Never got around, I guess, to uh, charging the Russian spies with hanging on to the RNC emails. He rang up Paul Manafort for seven and a half years. Convicted Roger Stone of lying to Congress. uh, Got a guilty plea out of uh, Michael Flynn for lying to investigators. Rick Gates got a guilty plea from him for the same charge. Got Michael Cohen, and of course George Papadopoulos for lying to investigators. Alex Vanderzwan did thirty days. Richard Pinedo, Sam Patton, Bijan Kian, and Skim Altekin. Gregory Craig, he got acquitted. Vin Weber and Tony Podesta, Justice Department ends investigation. Uh, Stand by just a moment, please. My son has a voice very similar to what mine used to be like. And sometimes he gets loud. Uh, but it, yeah, you're absolutely right, Stephen New York. Uh, considerably better conviction rate than John Durham, man of principle. And Leah New York pointing out indicting a ham sandwich. Imagining Trump doing lawyering. Nitwit Nero would never indict a ham sandwich, he would eat it first. Same for Taco balls, And uh, don't forget the family of five with Garland convictions. The family that insurrects together, gets convicted together. Yes. And thank you, Barbara. Uh, Barbara has completed the anonymous challenge, the anonymous two-for-one challenge, in favor or in, in solidarity with our dear friend Darlene in Connecticut. And so now we've got a $50 challenge on the table, courtesy of Cat, the It's Fall, Y'all, Get Your Booster Challenge, which I have got to do. And by the way, there will be probably more interruptions of the program this evening for uh, various and sundry um, spasms of sneezing. I don't know what the... Uh, uh, dawned on, uh, ragweed. Uh, that, may be, that That makes a little bit of sense. But since we're fooling around in the judicial system, uh, questions continue to arise about just how it was that Aileen Cannon, you know, Trump's pet federal judge, wound up with his case. And there's reporting from uh, Jose Pellieri of the Daily Beast uh, regarding uh, the bizarre, to say the least, set of circumstances that wound up with her having the having the case and. Uh, setting in motion this entire bizarre little scenario whereby the DOJ has to rely on the rulings of one of the most right-wing circuits in the country, and even that circuit's going, oh, this is weird. Um, One of the things that reporter uh, Palieri first noted is that... uh, The case, which doesn't, uh, well, this doesn't happen that often. The case was filed in person instead of electronically. And right off the top of his article, Jose uh, Palieri says, when Donald Trump's legal team filed their court paperwork protesting the Mar-a-Lago raid, a lawyer took the rare step of actually filing the paperwork in person at a courthouse 44 miles from Mar-a-Lago. And they got a judge to oversee the case that was outside both West Palm Beach, where the raid took place, and the district where they filed. The outside the district where they filed part is really kind of curious. And the inc- incredible coincidences, Palieri says, have led lawyers and legal experts to suggest that something may not be above board with how Trump's team filed their lawsuit. And that's how it got in the hands of Aileen Cannon. Among other things, because they are a filthy group of liars, uh, Team Maggot said,
3: Well, we couldn't file it electronically because there was something wrong with the court's computer system.
2: The only problem is they dug around and found out that there was no problem with the federal court's computer systems. Uh, for literally dozens of other lawyers who made hundreds of electronic filings those days, or that day. Uh. Um sorry. Going back to the, uh, the sorry, the, the, just some days. Um going back to the Daily Beast article. Um Loyola Law School professor Jessica Levinson, interviewed by the Daily Beast, said it was basically a home run to get her. They clearly made the correct calculation because Judge Cannon's rulings legally don't make sense. They only make sense if you're trying to help the former president. And then he went judge shopping. They did not want the magistrate judge to make this decision. There was already a captain of this ship. They just didn't like the direction this was taking. So they filed in one division, Fort Lauderdale. They selected venue in a second division, West Palm Beach, and got a a judge in a third division, Fort Pierce. So this was cooked from jump. And a Washington, D.C. lawyer uh, named Lindsey Halligan, 33 years old, uh, we hadn't heard of him before or her. I'm not sure. Lindsay's kind of ambiguous. Uh, but uh, Halligan electronically signed the official document, as did a Washington lawyer named James M. Trusty, and a Baltimore attorney named M. M. Evan Corcoran. And all three lawyers appear to have. Committed a fraud upon the court. A technical issue with access to the court's CMECF system precluded electronic filing today, and the CMECF help desk advised undersigned counsel to file conventionally. So the Daily Beast, doing actual journalism, looked at the timestamps for 1,370 court filings in the Southern District of Florida that day and interviewed the lawyers who did the filing. Five lawyers said, hey, it's working fine. Some of the lawyers even provided their uh, electronic receipts, showing that they were electronically submitted successfully. Angela E. Noble is the district uh, head clerk. She said there were no technical difficulties that day. Uh, there was a lawsuit against a pizzeria filed at 4.08 p.m., uh, some, uh, As the Daily Beast reports, pissed off restaurant employees sued their boss over missing tips at 4.14 p.m. A cruise line got sued three minutes later at 4.17 p.m. And the system was still working at 4.43 p.m., just three minutes before Trump's lawyers filed their lawsuit when a woman sued over the way she tripped on a pallet at a Costco aisle. This is what you call granular detail. And a uh, food producer sued a French businessman at five ten p.m. So there's a uh, there's 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 really nowhere in there that says it didn't work. Oh, and of course, Lindsay Halligan uh, is a uh, is a woman. Nitwit Nero likes to. I wonder which I wonder which Trump associated woman she looks like. Because we know that the counsel for the parking garage has taken uh, to looking like precious princess Iwanka, my daddy, Trump Kushner. And so the Daily Beast went and told other lawyers about what they were said. And, uh, one lawyer said, I don't know anybody who files in person. I didn't even know you could do that anymore. Looks like this person was trying to select a particular judge. Another lawyer said, uh, I find it bizarre. The only people who file in person are pro se. One more lawyer said, people don't do this anymore. It's extremely odd. I guess you could do this if you wanted to get a particular judge or avoid getting a particular judge. And so the Daily Beast, doing good journalism, actually responded to a tweet from Andrew Weissman, said, could the Fourth Estate please get to the bottom of this? If there wasn't at least the potential to judge shop, why go on God's why on God's green earth would Trump have gone all the way to her district to file and do so physically when he could have electronically filed it to Courtney's backyard? And so uh, later on, Halligan said that she could send a copy of the lawsuit via electronic mail. And she did so that day to two members of the DOJ, uh, one in the Miami office and the other at the uh, HQ of the DOJ National Security Division's Counterintelligence and Export Control Section. Meanwhile, uh, Lindsay Halligan couldn't be bothered to respond to uh, questions about all this. Another lawyer in South Florida said it wasn't like they were beating the statute of limitations. There was no time bar. Nothing imposed a deadline on them. They went judge shopping. Another lawyer, getting a little more paranoid, said, I think somebody pulled a fast one in the clerk's office to rotate it to a friendly judge. It doesn't sound like it was done by the blind filing system, because there is one of those. And this was about getting around that. Uh, uh, on the other hand, uh, the head uh, the, the the head of the clerk's office said, "No, we followed proper procedure. We've got a log that's not publicly available. It was placed on the West Palm Beach civil wheel, and uh, there's nine judges and cannons in a neighboring division, so she can occasionally get West Palm so." So he had a one in nine chance. I mean, now we're playing Dungeons and Dragons with the nine-sided die. Um, Another state's head clerk of federal courts, interviewed by the Daily Beast, said... uh, Sometimes lawyers do time their failings like they're players at a casino. Sometimes it works. If you play cards and count the cards, I suppose they could say, I'll hold this here until I see if other judges got assignments, because it would be very risky because it's random. Wow, this stinks. Steven New York, however, who has dealt with this kind of stuff, says filing in person, I think I know why. As I recall, his legal dream team had problems getting admitted pro hac weke. They probably couldn't get online credentials for that reason. But couldn't you hire local counsel to do it? I mean, if it's just a pro hac weke thing, um, you get local counsel to sign, and you know, Bob's your uncle. Oh, let's see. Oh yeah, okay. Lindsay Halligan. There she is. As to be expected. I mean, I'm sorry. That's that's unfair that's unfair if she's actually a decent lawyer. But how does he always manage to wind up hiring lawyers who look like they just stepped out of a pageant competition? If that's sexist, I apologize. I don't mean it to be. Uh, and Darlene in Connecticut asks, uh, so does this mean it's time for Merrick Garland to end the witch hunt and cut kudzu loose? I don't know who's the tortoise and the tortoiser when it comes to how quickly he and Joe move on things that make perfect sense to move quickly on. Asking for a friend. Well, I, I guess it'll be kind of like the Mueller report. Won't he submit a final report saying, who got the shit beat out of me? And then he's done. I'm kind of beat. Uh, oh, Lee in New York says, there's no nine-sided die in d and D. I I just, ha- yeah, well, naturally I would choose the one that there isn't one of. Uh, signed, Lee in New York, rolling for initiative. <laughs> there's a four-sided, a six-sided, an eight-sided, a ten-sided, a 12-sided, and a 20-sided die. No nine-sided die. Oh, there's our problem with uh, local council. Stephen New York points out uh, you can get local council, but you actually have to pay for it. The paying for it's always a bit of a challenge. So we've got that. And we've got the news from our friends our partners in peace in the most serene and gracious, noble, puissant kingdom of the Saudi Arabian barbarians. The State Department today confirmed that an American citizen, Saad Ibrahim al-Mahdi, uh, who came to the United States from the noble, puissant, most gracious, serene barbarian kingdom of Saudi Arabia, uh, has been arrested by Saudi authorities. They arrested Saad Ibrahim al-Mahdi and tried and convicted and imprisoned Mr. Ibrahim over tweets that he sent criticizing the barbaric kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The State Department is officially protesting. They said we have consistently and intensively raised our concerns regarding the case at senior levels of the Saudi government, both through channels in Riyadh and Washington, D.C. Exercising freedom of expression should never be criminalized. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Al-Mahdi, Saad Ibrahim Al-Mahdi. I got his name wrong. I apologize. A 72-year-old man who lived in, of course, Florida, because that's about as close to the no- most noble, uh, serene, puissant, gracious, barbaric kingdom of Saudi Arabia as you can get and be in the United States. Um. Uh, The Saudi authorities nabbed him at the airport, I guess in Riyadh, in regard to 14 tweets he sent over the previous seven years. That's about two a year. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I bet I'm on a list in Saudi Arabia. I guess I better not ever go there. Not that I would, because, you know... As a woman, I refuse to wear their stinking beekeeper suits. Uh, Mr. Mahdi apparently manifested some mild frustration with corruption in Saudi Arabia, but he also mentioned the butchery of Jamal Khashoggi. And that was good to get him 3 to 16 years in prison. And then a 16-year travel ban after that. So, let's see, 88, 98. Uh, he'll be free to travel in 104 years. At a at No, I'm sorry, at 104 years old. They charged him, get this, a 72-year-old guy who just tweeted some crap. They charged him with... Uh, supporting in and funding terrorism and trying to destabilize the kingdom. And, of course, Nitwit Nero ran to the defense of Mohammed bin Bonesaw. But one of the good things that Joe Biden did was when he took office, he showed, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, that Mohammed bin Bonesaw ordered the killing of Jamal Khashoggi and said he would get tougher with Saudi Arabia. We'll report back when that happens. And now the, the Saudis are trying to arm twist us with gas prices. Maybe they're the ones who are printing up, who printed up all the I did that stickers. I don't know. Saudi Arabia is a garbage place. Uh, there are a few people on planet Earth for whom I hold more sympathy than Saudi women, Iranian women. Uh, the Iranians, by the way, have disappeared. An Iranian rock climber. Because she had the unmitigated temerity to enter a rock climbing competition in South Korea, which is curiously not Iran, for the Iranian national team. I guess there's an Iranian national women's rock climbing team. Uh, Miraculously, I guess they allow her to actually wear pants. But, no, they've disappeared her over the fact that she didn't wear a a, a covering for her filthy hair that God hates. But by all means, let's. The funny thing is, we don't do business with Iran, but we do keep doing business with the partners in peace, the Saudis. One of these days, we will run this country on wind and solar and tidal energy and 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 and, and, and uh, water, river, hydroelectric power, and we will look at those filthy barbarians in Saudi Arabia and say, "Go fuck, go fuck your camels." You pathetic shitbirds, and I'm speaking, of course, about the most noble, puissant, serene, high, gracious, majestic, uh, royal personages of the royal house, whom I despise. Okay, not because they're not because they're Arabic, not because they're Muslims, because they are monsters. Because they are misogynistic freaks, because they despise notions of freedom. my my heart goes out. oh, and uh, uh, Darlene in Connecticut reminds us, well, don't forget uh, brat and his cookie cutter female interns. Must be a a, a repig sexist sexual assault or male thing. Ah oh, it is. And of course, remember last week we had the story about the, 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 the judges who were gonna boycott Yale? I want, I wonder if Brat's gonna boycott uh, tiger mom uh, tiger mom law students. and uh, hubba, hubba 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 attorney at law rod and raleigh says more images of attorney at law halligan uh oh no this is hubba hubba not hubba hubba uh, by the way did you hear about the two sets of 2024 running mates for president uh marginal trailer queen said she'd run with trump and another pairing christy Nome with tulsi gabbard oh tulsi 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 how can we miss you if you won't go away Uh, Thank you, Matt, in San Francisco. Cowbell for Saudi Arabia is a garbage place, eloquent in its simplicity. Thank you. Sometimes we go for that Zen sort of minimalism around here. And it was debate night in America, apparently, last night uh Mike Lee Mike Lee got in a debate with uh his opponent his independent opponent in uh Utah and there were some sick burns there and yeah. Oh, where to go? Well, until I find it, uh, this little tidbit. You remember when uh, Mitch McConnell printed up cocaine Mitch T-shirts because. Don Blankenship started calling Cocaine Mitch. Well, uh, after displaying his official Sheriff and Deputy badge, Herschel Walker in Georgia, you know, alongside his Red Rider BB gun with a compass in the stock, has ordered a thousand plastic replica badges. And he'll give those away if you got just a little bit of money to give to Herschel. Brilliant. Not really. Oh, you're taking a trip down memory lane, Lee, in New York. Oh, for those classic debates. Remember Clint Eastwood versus the empty chair? I do. And uh, there was another empty chair debate, but in particular in Utah and And Evan McMullen really didn't have much of a chance, but all of a sudden he 's kind of got one, and like I said, there were no punches pulled last night and uh, Evan McMullen Evan made him stick
4: I think about the men and women who I served with in the CIA who left the warmth of their Love of their families to risk their lives, not knowing if they would ever come home in order to stop terrorists who are intent on destroying freedom in America. I think about all the men and women, the 14 generations of Americans who have sacrificed for this grand experiment in freedom. They trusted you. We trusted you. And with that trust and with your knowledge of the Constitution, Senator Lee, you sought to find a weakness in our system. You advised the White House, find an alternative slate of electors for Trump to overturn the will of the people. That's what you said. You said that that the president should listen to legal quack Sidney Powell. Please make time for her. Let her in, you told the White House chief of staff. You told the president that you were working overtime, 14 hours a day, I think you said, to unravel this for him, to keep a president who had been voted out of office according to the will of the people, in power, despite the will of the people. Senator Lee, it is a betrayal of the American republic. You were there to stand up for our, converse, for our constitution. But when the barbarians were at the gate, you were happy to let them in.
5: Senator Lee, next, and we will give you an additional
6: 11 seconds, please.
4: Look, I, I think I disagree with everything
6: my opponent just said, including the words but, and, and the. Um, it was an information-free, truth-free statement uh, that's uh, something of a record. Look, um, I, th- there is absolutely nothing to the idea uh, that I would have ever supported, ever ever did support, a fake electors plot. Nothing not a scintilla of evidence suggesting that, and yet you continue to insist that with a cavalier reckless disregard for the truth.
2: Except for the fact that there's plenty of evidence. He was up to his eyeballs with uh, uh, the Kraken lawyer. And then, uh, yeah, because remember, back on January 6th, Calling, begging from the Senate, Mike Lee, constitutional scholar, said, please tell me what I should be saying. He asked that of Mark Meadows. And then, of course, he whipped out his pocket constitution. And Evan McMullen slapped him around with that for a little bit, too. Senator Lee's been doing this thing with a pocket Constitution for the last several years. Senator Lee, the Constitution is not a prop. You said the president should listen to legal quack Sidney Powell. Please make time for her. Let her in, you told the White House chief of staff. You were there to stand up for our Constitution, but when the barbarians were at the gate, you were happy to let them in. For you to talk about the importance of the Electoral College is rich. I only—I saw that clip of him beating him about the head and shoulders with his own pocket Constitution, and I thought, oh, 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 Mr. oh, Mister Candidate McMullen, this would be a great time for you to look at him and say, you know. There's a lot more to the con- to reading the Constitution than waving it about. You should spend more time reading it, Mike, than thumping it, than flailing it. It would be a huge upset if he beat Mike Lee. Yeah, nasty little nasty little set too between uh, uh, Brian Kemp. And Stacey Abrams as well. But the one who really came out the worst in that one was the uh Libertarian candidate who wanted to talk about digital dollars. What? Shane Hazel constantly interrupted Abrams and Kemp while the two zinged each other about education. And Stacey Abrams used a question from Shane Hazel about digital dollars to make him wind up making a call for putting dollars into Medicaid expansion. (laughs) That woman's so smart. Oh, she's smart. Uh, Shane Hazel was there because the Atlanta Press Club says, yeah, if you made the filing fee, come on, you're on the stage. Uh, At the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they referred to Shane Hazel as belligerent and disrespectful. Frequently hijacked an otherwise substantive debate between two rivals who probably made their own supporters very proud. Uh, He was described, Shane Hazel was described as a Republican disguised as a libertarian. Come on, he's a libertarian. He's a Republican who just wants to smoke weed, okay? Uh, He was also referred to as a deranged simpleton. And and you know it, it, but I'm glad he was there. I really am. Because uh, you know, there's a lot of maggots out there who are really mad at Brian Kemp because he uh, he he didn't bend over and stick his proboscis up the fundament of nitwit N- Nero's orange arse when the moment came. And maybe they'll vote for Shane, and maybe that'll give. Stacey Ape, but, you know, it's a runoff state, so somebody's got to win by 50% or they do this all over again in December. Oof. And remember, the runoff bullshit, just in case anybody's forgotten, that's born of racism, too. That's another racist practice uh, that the South came up with. Uh, Stephen New York pointing out, oh, wait a minute, sneeze break. Sometimes they're a long time getting there, but they're really refreshing when they arrive. Uh, Stephen New York, in, in regard to Stacey Abrams, says, Smartest fuck, but she's not nearly sufficiently ideologically pure. Oh, no. No, no. The number of people who are ideologically pure is... Well, I think you'd have to have a scanning micron uh, 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 electron microscope to find it. Um, And now, uh, having lost again, Nitwit Nero is uh, doing to his lawyers what he—I mean—beyond stiffing them. He's making their job almost impossible. Back when, uh, you know, this file this under uh, you have the right to remain silent. Why don't you try it once in a while? Back when he was on Twitter, uh, Nitwit Nero said. So a woman accuses you of rape,
3: you make a bunch of statements accusing her of lying, she sues you for defamation, your defense such as it is was that you were POTUS when you made your statements, so you can't be sued personally, you litigate that for four years, you still have a chance at winning that argument, meanwhile the judge orders you to be deposed anyway, you get big mad, so what do you do?
2: I think that was on Truth Social, that's recent.
3: You issue a brand new statement, repeating all the earlier defamatory statements. But since you're no longer POTUS, you no longer have that defense. You've been pushing for years that you made the statements while you were president. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I got that all wrong. <laughs> that was George Conway. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Because he did issue a truth. Because he's supposed to be deposed. And he said,
3: Loss, it was a complete con job.
2: And then he said,
3: It is a hoax and a lie, just like all the other hoaxes that have been played on me for the past seven years. And while I'm not supposed to say it, I will. This woman is not my type.
2: In other words, I am in fact a rapist, he says. But she's not the kind of woman I rape. Oh, and he said that right before he's ordered to give a deposition. How freaking charming. That's going to be a beautiful thing. You know, when he gets cross-examined. Uh, sir, do you mean that uh, you, uh, you are a rapist, but you wouldn't rape her? Okay, Okay, thank you badgering the witness (laughs) stoke the stroke y'all stoke the stroke told you it was going to be a very moranical titanic tuesday but oh my god uh, titanic intellect there's a new Purity Patrol book out. Uncheck the untold story behind Congress's botched impeachments of Donald Trump. Really, y'all? Um, they impeached him twice. The House impeached him. He stands impeached. He is the only president ever to be impeached twice. The fact that he was not convicted does not mean he uh, that th- he was not impeached. But ne- 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 nevertheless, author uh, Karen Demergian and Rachel Badia showed up and said, this isn't really a Trump book so much as this is a book about the people who failed to check him. And we take a really hard look at both Democrats and Republicans to examine what was going on behind the scenes. Basically why they made the decisions that they made and what sorts of missed opportunities were there that they could have taken advantage of that might have really turned history in a different direction. And then said, you know, it's very well established that the general narrative is that Republicans just sided with the president. Well, excuse me? Isn't that exactly what happened? And allegedly these two scribes say that there were moments where the GOP was so angry at President Trump, especially around the January 6th riot against the Capitol, they were ready to break with him. But Democrats didn't take advantage of those moments. I was here. You were here. He was impeached after. Oh, but they didn't flex their full constitutional muscle enough. You know, this kind of Friday, uh, Monday morning quarterbacking just. And there it is. A key theme in our book is Pelosi's sort of fear of impeachment. Sort of. I mean, we've covered her for a long time and reporters who who have sort of know that she's always hated impeachment. And the first part of our book talks about how she worked overtime to try to make it stop from happening. You know, there's a lot of reasons to not want impeachment. There's that old saying that if you, uh, if you, if you take aim at the king, you'd better hit. And there's that old legal, that old standard that they teach in trial law, uh, and and particularly in appellate law, that good arguments never make weak arguments stronger but weak arguments can make strong arguments weaker but I I, I don't know so the book's been out for mm, a couple of weeks Maybe it wasn't, it's not getting the legs it needs, but really? The guy is the greatest threat to any kind of representative government since Cataline over 2,000 years ago. And we've got footage of Nancy Pelosi saying, I want to punch him in the face, I'll go to jail, and I'll go to jail happy. But, you know, it, it she wasn't nearly pure enough. Jeez. Oh well. The Sparkle Fart propelled Unicorn Cavalry Purity Patrol you have always with ye. Uh, Ron and Raleigh noting, I'm sure Dolt45 wanted a stiff attorney Halligan in cash-firing drift. Oh, let's keep the program out of the gutter. gummit, Ron. Come on. we got to be better. I got grief for talking about sexy time stuff yesterday. Not doing that one either, Lee. Something about storms not that i disagree my uh, filthy morning habit was a real delight this morning i enjoy it when mika gets to lose her shit for a minute or two bless her heart and 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 i I don't mean that in the southern way this ain't the god lover kind but she tries to stay above the fray, and every now and then, you know, Joe fulminates. And it, but every now and then, Mika, when Mika go, wait, you know, you know, there's something common.
7: i I just I, again, and how do these people do it?
8: No, and we he, get
7: we get hope and change, <laughs> the hope and change candidate in arizona we've got america's hitler that's right uh, and in 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 ohio the guy calling trump america's hitler and they're lecturing their opponents for being being too anti-trump
8: it's so i I actually want to take that i was going to talk about abortion we will in a moment caddy Kay. but on a global level and this does matter in terms of what the rest of the world is thinking of america which right now When you have things like that permeating our politics, meaning, right, election denying Carrie Lake running for governor in Arizona and claiming that she'll only accept the results if she wins, et cetera, et cetera. This guy, J.D. Vance, let's not even talk about Dr. Oz who is not even committed to Pennsylvania, seems to be committed to the country of Turkey, uh, among other things, as as hasn't told the does. truth, yeah. has been seen as a quack doctor, and he had dragged into Congress to testify about things. He said, these are the Republican candidates, thank you, Donald Trump, that are permeating our politics in light of Donald Trump. And yes, what does it look like from the outside as the United States is doing an incredible job trying to show the way in ukraine trying to help ukraine save the rest of the world save the concept of democracy americans don't seem clued into that they're clued into these quacks and freaks and they may even elect them at wow. this point point. and i ask you what does this look like from the outside because it appears that we're practically we're destroying ourselves
9: I kind of hate this question, Mika, because I've lived here long enough to know moments where America's reputation around the world wasn't particularly good. Two thousand and four, with the invasion of Iraq, um, was a height of anti-American feeling. But you knew that that was one specific incident. In yeah, but then there
2: was something else in two thousand and four. Cat girl um, was that? It was a London. It was an. It was a, It was. A, it, was a, it was a London paper, wasn't it? On the morning after the presidential election of two thousand and four, that said. Okay, you do it. You, you you do a stupid thing once. How do you explain doing it a second time? And then back in two thousand, they'd said, "How can this many American people be this dumb?" Talking about again, dim leader, dub.
9: It would end. And at the moment, we're back into a stage where people are looking at America and saying, well, you know, it's the kind of, you know, how can you live there type moment? Um, And so Mm. much seems to be going off the rails with democracy. And it's very hard to see, and listening to that conversation we had earlier, it's hard to see a way out of this one because from my travels around the country, people are absolutely committed to the notion that democracy is in peril on both sides. Republicans, I hear that from, and Democrats, I hear that from but with completely different reasons for believing that. They both blame the other. And I don't see in the system that is there how, how we get out of that. You know, you, you mentioned somebody like Carrie Lake. The groundwork is laid very early on. I mean, it was laid very early on with Donald Trump. Very early on in his presidency and before, and before the 2016 election, he started talking about, if I don't win, it will have been rigged don't trust the media, sowing all of the seeds of discords that then left, led to 2020 into January the 6th, they are, they are sown early. And you can see that with Carrie Lake before the election has even happened. Will you accept the result? I'm going to win. That's the result I will accept. Will you accept the result mm-hmm. if you lose? I'm going to win. That's the result. I will accept. And, and you right. you're so you so distrust in the system. And, and that's where we have got to. Americans of both sides distrust the system. And I, I find it hard to see how we get out of it.
7: And, you know, Willie, uh, we, we find and I, we need to be clear here, because I, I find that people often conflate issues. They conflate uh, the debate on abortion with election denialism. And I hear politicians, Democratic politicians, do it all the time, uh, or conflate the debate over gun rights with election denialism, uh, or conflate tax policy with election denialism. It's two different things. People have been debating about Roe v. Wade since Roe v. Wade became law of the land in 1973. All right, that's, the, that's a debate that's done. Uh, between the guardrails of American politics. And it has been that way for 50 years. It's the same thing with gun rights. That debate's been going on for quite some time. It'll continue to go on inside the guardrails, the constitutional guardrails of American politics. The difference between what we're seeing in 2022 and what we saw before Donald Trump is that we actually have a lot of candidates now in Donald Trump's Republican Party saying that they will not recognize uh, the outcome of a democratic election unless their side wins. It is the undermining of American democracy. Again, far different than a good faith debate that's been going on in this country for half a century over abortion.
1: And in fact, it's become a prerequisite to win in the Republican Party, at least in a primary when you're asked, what do you think about 2020? They say, well, they may not say Donald Trump won, but they'll say there are a lot of questions. It's important to have this conversation. Notably, Herschel Walker, uh, a couple of days ago, did say that Joe Biden was the elected president. Maybe that was a slip of the tongue. Who
2: knows? Yeah, see, and here's the problem with this clip it took it, it, it starts off with both siderism you know demo, both republicans and democrats think democracy is in peril but they believe it for different reasons and they go on from there as if both sets of reasons are legitimate but they're not one side, our side, thinks democracy is in peril because a group of terrorists not liking the democratic results of a democratic election on, in, in, in 2020 attacked the capital of the United States and tried to overturn that election and perform a coup. So we're worried about democracy such as it is aspirational more than operational in this country. And we're worried about democracy in America on this side because people's votes really are being suppressed. It is a felony in Georgia now to give somebody who's been standing in line to vote since, God was a, since Christ was a corporal in the army of God a bottle of water. It's a felony. Thousands of people are being removed from the rolls who don't even necessarily know it. The cops in Florida are rolling up on people, voting early, and arresting them for it. Even though they have voter registration cards. I mean, the the, the the proud boys are out there, and and, and the and the oath keepers, and the boogaloo incel tactical command headquarters executive staff, and we've got a reason to be worried on this side. The other side is worried about democracy in America because of the Jewish space lasers, and the Gaspacho police, and because of the maunderings of a jiggling, adipose wad of petty grievances and jealousies. That is not both sides. Both sets of grievances are not legitimate. But it sure sure as shit got legitimized there. And Joe bringing up, you know, Oh, the perfectly legitimate discussion we've had about abortion for 50 years. No! There is not a perfectly legitimate discussion about abortion that we've had for 50 years. There is a a discussion we have had about the rights of individuals to behave according to their own agency and the desire of another set of people to impose their religious, theocratic will on people who don't even subscribe to that theocracy or that faith. The discussion about abortion in the United States of America has never been a good faith discussion, ever. Not a minute. They can blather on about their little electronically augmented heartbeats till hell freezes over. And they can, they, can, they can wax rhapsodic and cry bitter, bitter tears about the sea monkeys. But it is not a legitimate point. And no one in the 50 years that Roe was the law of the land, no one was ever forced to have an abortion against their will. Because it is about Choice. One side wanted that choice, one side insisted upon privacy rights, and the other side said, no, fuck you. Our religious dictates are more important than your very existence. So, well, we were talking about both-siderism yesterday, and here we are back again. It is real. And it's pervasive. And here we are, little old radio show out on the Internet, calling it out. And y'all keep it going. Hang on, says Darlene in Connecticut. Both sides distrust the system. Both? Oh, stuff it, Brett. Oh, Brit. Oh, stuff it, Brit. Messies distrust the system well dubbed the such move Armstrong Jack of Hearts Quarter of Two Yeah. Um it, Matt in San Francisco pointing out the very same thing. I don't distrust the system. I don't trust Republicans. Cause there's kind of a history. Right. Yeah. yeah but they did have some fun with uh, uh jerk deluxe Vance that is the term isn't it J. d. Vance, jerk deluxe um, that was worth being there for
8: Congressman Tim Ryan and J. D. Vance.
10: It's tragic. And J.D. and his extreme crew, they want to have a national abortion ban. They're not happy with people having to go to Illinois. They want people to get a passport and have to go to Canada. Largest governmental overreach in the history of our lifetime. He called rape inconvenient. Like, this is not a guy who's ready to protect the rights of women. Well, look, my my basic view here is that we need to protect life in this country. And it is a very different view from where Tim Ryan stands. There are a number of different exceptions here. And here's here's the thing that I want to say here is you you cannot say with total confidence what every single exception in every single case is gonna be. And let me offer just a specific example here. So uh, I I, I know a lot of pro-life people. I know people who've been pro-life since before I was born. One of the things they will tell you is they support an an exception in the case of incest, for example. I've heard a number of pro-life people uh, say that. But uh, an incest exception looks different at three weeks of pregnancy versus 39 weeks of pregnancy. So I actually don't think that you can say on a debate stage every single thing that you're going to vote for when it comes to an abortion piece of legislation. There are specific pieces of legislation that I'm willing to talk about where, look, you talked about the Lindsey Graham bill. The Lindsey Graham bill protects babies who are four weeks and older, fully-formed babies who can feel pain, and it provides reasonable four exceptions. Weeks? If you can't support legislation like that, you are making the United States the most barbaric controlled abortion weeks. regime anywhere in the entire world. In four world. weeks, it's you not even a sea monkey. National standards, which is my view, while also allowing the states to make up their minds, California's going to have a different view than Ohio, that's totally fine. I want to save as many lives as possible. That's the principle that guides me. You would vote for Lindsey Graham's 15-week ban? As I just said, I think it's totally reasonable to say you cannot abort a baby, especially for elective reasons, after 15 weeks of gestation. No civilized country allows it. I don't want the United States to be an exception. I think that uh, President Trump should be afforded all of the rights that every other American citizen is afforded. He should respond to the subpoena. He should come clean. He should talk about We know that there's been a call from the White House to somebody who was participating in the storming of the Capitol. Um, we should know all this, and if he has nothing to hide, he should come clean, and we should figure out what's going on. So look, I'm not going to pretend to give the President of the United States legal advice about whether he should honor the subpoena. I think it would probably be... Uh, a pretty enlightening wow. piece of, of testimony if he did that's not legal spina. advice but look the january 6th committee has shown from the very beginning that it's not interested in the truth that it's interested in a political hit job and it goes back to four years ago the obsession with the idea that donald trump somehow had the election stolen by the uh,
2: excuse me jerk deluxe your nose is growing and your eyes are turning brown
10: Russians, there's been a non-stop political effort to not honor the election of 2016. And I think that's just as much of a threat to democracy as the violence on January the 6th.
7: Oh, Oh, that's that's just absolute garbage coming from a guy who in 2016, if he wants to talk about 2016, we're talking about a guy who called Donald Trump america's hitler in 2016 we're talking about a guy who in 2016 lectured christians and said you can't be a christian and vote for donald trump that's the same guy that's worried about how democrats have acted since 2016 let me tell you something this moral equivalency is getting really
2: exhausting it is it is and you know what's really terrible is watching people multimillionaires. Advance it, not saying, just saying.
7: I see some people writing columns right now, uh, people that I like and people have written other columns that I respect, but I'm seeing more and more people now trying to paint a moral equivalency between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Let's impeach, let's impeach Joe Biden, because he signed a presidential order uh, that may be unconstitutional, so let's impeach him now. I've got an idea. Why don't you actually just take it up to the United States Supreme Court? And why why don't you... You don't have to impeach somebody, if it's unconstitutional, then they can just overturn it. In Donald Trump's case, you have a guy that held up arms to Ukraine, that Congress had already passed. You have a guy who said to President Zelensky, I'm not going to give you this, basically, Until you find dirt on my political opponent, you have in Donald Trump, a guy who two weeks before the election told his attorney general, arrest my opponent and his family. Seriously, you've got a guy in Donald Trump that sent uh, a tweet out getting people to come on January the 6th. The guy who, I mean, the, the evidence has come out because of the January 6th committee. There is no moral equivalency there between Joe Biden doing presidential orders, executive orders, whether it's it's on uh, uh, moratoriums for eviction or whether it's on student loans, if he expanded his reach as a president, take it to a federal court. Don't go, we're going to impeach him. Seriously, I guess that's what we have to look forward to. And J.D. Vance also, a moral equivalency. Yeah. Between what happened in 2016 and what happened in 2020, Hillary Clinton, I I can't believe I have to keep reminding people of this. Hillary Hillary Clinton went out the next morning and conceded to Donald Trump. She wasn't happy about it, but she conceded to Donald Trump.
2: I can't. I can't. We're all the way back into but Hillary. I just can't. I know, and and something similar coming from our our, our dear sis, uh, Cynthia, out in the Bay Area. God, I'm going postal listening to that filthy pig. Talking about jerk deluxe. Lying mother bastard bearing false witness all over the place. I wish there really were a Jesus to send him to burn in hell. He's one more prime example of why I would never vote for a fucking Republican. Dog help us all. Testify, sister testify uh, and that's that's what that that, that that that's that's the constant source of my conflict and conundrum how how in the world do you get up in the morning because i know i know nice republicans okay i know really nice republicans i know don't give me shit And they're like, "Ooh, Robin, you know, I support your right to exist. Yay, thank you." And then they go around voting, and then they go out and they vote for people who don't, who think that I belong in a little easy bake oven, and they and, and they vote and they vote against their own daughters. And they vote against the, 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 the very health of themselves and their communities. And as a person with a reasonably high-functioning brain, I don't understand how you compartmentalize your existence that way. For the life of me, I do not understand how you can, be, how, how you can live such a bifurcated existence. I just don't. Uh, Lady B with a note says, don't trust the media, and yet they practically had a toilet cam following Trump around. Wait a minute. That's a cowbell for toilet camp, uh, toilet cam, Lady B. Following Trump around and clinging to his every word, God knows I love my MSNBC, and I love you, Robin, but in terms of the mass media doing their fucking job, they're the reason why we're in this now. And although I appreciate their efforts to try to dig us out, it still angers me. Remembering how when Hillary Clinton was speaking, they'd have a key slide of an empty podium waiting for Donald Trump. That right there is why American media will always be remembered in history books for the complicity and the stupidity that has become American democracy. And P.S., that's how you lay it out. Joe and Mika lay out all of Trump's crimes every single day. Glad to see Joe's commitment to our side. Hope it lasts. Don't bet on it. Because, of course, you know, Joe's Uh, pro-life. Never mind. Stop! Stop knowing so many terrible Republicans, Robin. Emilio. Um. Funny enough, going back to the Saudis, uh, re beekeeper soup. Funny enough, Brother Deacon and Asa adds. I learned this recently about Saudi Arabia: women are not required to wear hijab. Outside of Mecca and Medina, I was shocked to say the least. But there's still the Abaya, is there not? I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that they're not walking around the streets of Riyadh in in Jimmy Choo's and the latest from, uh, oh, I don't know, (laughs) the House of Chanel. Pretty little pink Chanel suit? Don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. But it doesn't mean that the royal house isn't still barbarians. And hot garbage. And so, uh, sometimes, sometimes, you know what we're gonna—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's Tuesday, so that means we've got the the uh, green news report. So we'll see what Brad and desi are up to. Listen, we've got fifty dollars to go on cats. It's fall, y'all, get your booster challenge. And if we get done with that, then all told, we will have knocked down this evening 550 bucks of an $1,175 hole. That's a big deal, especially right now. And the more we knock down, the less terrifying it becomes. And uh, thank you, by the way, thank you to, uh, like I said, to Dave and the Blind and Christine, uh, because I got a note from Dave saying, um, we want, we want Darlene in Connecticut to know that we're standing with you out here in the disabled community in and Indiana. Yes, yes. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. No, we've got. I missed that. I'm terribly sorry. Terribly sorry, Rops. Um uh, Are we? Are you talking about this evening? Let me let me check. Um. Sorry for the dead air. Happens around here sometimes. Uh, I don't, I don't, I may be missing it, but I don't see anything this evening. Of course, I saw. yes, your, uh, your challenge yesterday, Ralphs, absolutely. Uh, help me out if I'm, if I'm being confused. Um, so anyway, we we'll, something's got the dogs going wild outside. Uh, thank you to Christopher. Uh, that takes us down to uh, $40 to go on the challenge. Thank you so much. And John a note, worse than Herschel Walker is that there are 70 million voters who would vote for him over the most intelligent, kind, empathetic Democrat. I, I know this country is in the grips of just enough toxic people to make sure that the rest of us can't have nice things. And Matt in San Francisco says listening to Republicans is like dropping acid. Too much, and you enter a different reality. Yeah, this is the bad. This is the bad stuff with the strychnine in it, right? And 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 you uh, don't know. It makes you see like ferns that turn into snakes. I don't know where I would know something that 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 that, that specific. But, well, yeah. Uh, And this is, of course, Conversation Radio. If you want to get involved in the conversation, jump right in. The stress line, 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN, and you're mightily welcome to. Um, Lady B, with a note, Saudi Arabian women, read a story a few years back about how when the rich women would travel to Paris or New York, they'd change into high fashion on the plane there, and on the way back to Saudi Arabia, they'd put back on their hijabs and abayas. Yeah, those are the yeah, those are the rich ones. The lucky ones. Who get to get a little taste of civilization every now and then, or, you know, whenever the men will let them. Let's see what Brad and Desi have for us.
1: It's Tuesday, October 18, 2022.
11: By taking away the state oversight, that removed checks and balances, and it lessened the environmental protections. In both Florida and the U.K., rollbacks of climate policies exacerbated deadly climate disasters. Toxic smoke blankets the Pacific Northwest as heat and wildfires drag on in October. Plus... We
9: cannot afford new oil and gas
11: tomato soup, a priceless painting, and a climate protest.
1: All of those protests and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment.
12: They're cleaning up in Florida, our friends in Florida from uh, in several states from Hurricane Ian, uh, but it's not over. Thousands of people in South Florida are still without cocaine. <laughs>
1: There you go. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, I know everyone is freaking out about this protest and the tomato soup, but let me just underscore, it was 88 degrees in the Pacific Northwest, I think in Seattle over the weekend in mid-October. Good Lord, what's going on?
11: Yes, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay. But first, yeah. two youth climate protesters were arrested at London's National Gallery on Friday after tossing tomato soup on the glass covering of the iconic painting Sunflowers by Vincent Van Gogh. The painting was unharmed, but the protest by Just Stop Oil brought international attention to the new conservative U.K. government's expansion of oil and gas extraction in the North Sea that contradicts the country's commitment
1: to to reduce fossil fuel use that causes dangerous climate change. So just to underscore, because I know everyone freaked out about this, they didn't ruin the actual Van Gogh painting. No. It was behind glass.
11: Exactly. Okay. And you're right. The protest sparked a lot of debate over climate crisis communication tactics. It highlighted causing damage to something valuable as a counterpoint to the irreversible damage of the climate crisis. Although other people would note that voting likely has more direct impact.
1: Mm, maybe. But I tell you, a lot of people were really upset, really angry, thought that this does not help the cause of uh, climate change. But it certainly made you look. I guess it did.
11: The protest came on the
1: same day that a new report
11: linked the UK's record heat wave this past summer to a record high number of excess deaths among England's elderly from heat-related illnesses. And now, amid a global energy crisis, a new analysis by non-profit climate research firm Carbon Brief has calculated that the UK imports of costly natural gas would be 13% less today if its conservative-led government hadn't slashed renewable energy and climate Climate policies ten years ago.
1: Mm, so this isn't really about saving money, and that moving to renewable energy is just going to cost us too much money.
11: No, the analysis found that thanks to renewable energy projects that the UK did build, uh-huh. demand for fossil gas electricity is half today what it would have been otherwise. Huh, go figure. Rollbacks of climate policy in Florida also had costly consequences. Areas decimated by Hurricane Ian might have been spared. Some Some disaster if, back in 2011, then-Governor Rick Scott, the powerful real estate lobby, and the state's Republican-controlled legislature hadn't killed off the state agency that managed development in risky, vulnerable areas for Mm -hmm. climate resilience. Mm -hmm. Weak growth management laws triggered a lucrative building boom of unchecked growth that destroyed the state's natural storm buffers and put more people directly in harm's way, ensuring even greater damage.
1: And several of Those Republicans are on the ballot in Florida this November. I guess the only question is, will they ever be held accountable?
11: Yep. Now, Senator Rick Scott and fellow Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio, who is up for re-election, voted against funding for climate resilience projects in their state in last year's bipartisan infrastructure law, and they voted against the new climate law. In a local news interview, Scott suggested that the federal government ought to do less for Americans harmed by
1: disasters. You know, you- you- take personal responsibility government's there to be helpful but as we all know government doesn't have unlimited resources and um and as you know the government is running big deficits right now so it's going to be harder and harder in the future for government to be the, the backstop so it's all up to the people to take care of themselves never mind the tax dollars that the people already gave to the government to help protect against things like hurricanes uh it's every man for themselves i guess according to rick scott
11: and, as you mentioned, over the weekend, Seattle, Washington, broke a heat record, hitting 88 degrees, the latest day in the calendar year to date, obliterating the previous record by 16 degrees. Heat and extreme dryness are driving an unusually high number of wildfires for mid-October in the Pacific Northwest, all the way up into Canada, according to the Federal National Interagency Fire Center. Air quality in the Puget Sound has, again, reached unhealthy levels due to to the fires
1: it broke the previous record by 16 degrees Yep, everything's fine why worry for much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com i'm brad friedman and i'm desi doyan and this has been your green news report
0: you know
2: that that last line by brad made me think of what is it flounder in uh Animal House, this is going to be great! Yeah, not so much. So I guess this is a La Nina year on the East Coast, and that means brutal-ass winters? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, it's uh, 38 degrees outside right now here, looking out the horn-color weather window. Uh, On our way down to 29 Thursday night. Jeez. This seems to be arriving quickly. I I, I always have a hard time adjusting. Uh, Anyway, um, this Titanic Tuesday continues. Like I said, if you'd like to be part of the program, jump in either via Skype, Bob Kincaid Horn, or the stress line. 844-843-4676. 844-843-4676. 844-THE-HORN. Hey, Brother Deacon Ace, it looks like you got some pretty decent air quality going for you there. Hey, in Canudlia. Can't see a thousand feet away. Mm, I still think you're doing okay. You know, air you can wear, air you can see. mm not so much. And thank you, uh thank you, Ralphson. Like I said, thank you, Christopher. Christopher with a note saying uh, challenge partially accepted. We got fifteen dollars remaining on Cat in Ohio's challenge, the it's fall, y'all. Get your booster. Oh, I want to get my booster. I really want to get my booster. Uh, and I, I did, you know, you see these stories. Remember, remember when we were last Friday when we were watching, listening to the uh, the debate between Herschel and Reverend Warnock, and we kind of wanted him to, wanted Reverend Warnock to be a little bit more starchy, I guess. Well, I guess, and 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 you know I was really pissed yesterday about the way that uh, Dasha Burns treated. Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in Pennsylvania. Um, well, in that interview, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman said, and why um, he said he's al- always supported fracking. As long as it doesn't harm the environment. I mean,
0: that's...
2: (laughs) I have yet to find fracking that doesn't harm the environment, and more importantly, fracking that doesn't harm people. Well, CNN jumped on that and said that uh, uh, just a few years ago, he was making contradictory statements. Um Andrew Kaczynski reported that Fetterman's comments on fracking are part of a long and often contradictory series of positions uh, from him on the industry. And, of course, then there's the obligatory industry, which provides tens of thousands of jobs and contributes millions to Pennsylvania's economy and winds up poisoning shit-ton gallons and metric tons and gallons and whatever groundwater. Because we haven't figured out a way to make it possible to drink frack gas. And, of course, frack gas is a far worse uh, carbon pollutant than, say, you know, CO2. Contributes millions to Pennsylvania's economy. And Andrew Kaczynski basically... uh, said he flip-flops. Fetterman's message about the industry has often depended on his audience, and he has attempted a balancing act supporting a transition to green and renewable energy while also pledging support for the Pennsylvanians employed by it. Fracking. By it. Fracking. Uh, That's not attempting a balancing act, CNN. Andrew. If I can call you Andrew. That's trying to be real world about it. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see any pieces on Joe from the mansion to the mansion born, saying the same thing, even though he prattles the same thing. But they went digging and they found uh, uh, John Fetterman talking to uh, what is referred to as a left-leaning YouTube show. In which he said, I don't support fracking and I never have. That's the position I prefer. But the reality is in Pennsylvania, well, it's not Pennsylvania, it's that, uh, that's, that That Commonwealth is the Wild West for fracking. No getting around it. And I hate that. But, you know, I support fracking as long as it doesn't harm the environment. That's like saying I I support mountaintop removal as long as it doesn't harm the environment. There's no way to do mountaintop removal or fracking without harming the environment. The proprietary goop that they pump into the ground for fracking, that... Even state government can't find out what's in it because well, you know, gimbals might find out what Macy's is up to. <sighs> but he does he does seem to acknowledge reality. Right now fracking and other traditional kinds of fossil fuels are part of our energy portfolio. That's straight out of the Joe to the Mansion born playbook, not that I'm comparing John Fetterman to Joe Manchin, don't hate. And as long as we keep transitioning towards green energy, that's the way I believe it's the way to go forward. But again, there were these two, those two truths. Energy security is critical, but also climate change is very critical. Okay. Very critical. And he's in the toss-up with a guy... Toss-up race with a guy who used to sell cinnamon as a natural cure for diabetes. And we're back to what John uh, said a little bit ago about the 70 million people. Right. There are people who are waking up in Pennsylvania every morning going, ooh, I can't wait to vote for the guy from New Jersey To represent me from Pennsylvania, be my my senator from Pennsylvania. Don't! You know, sorry. Better yet, says Brother Deacon Asa, with his tongue planted firmly in his cheek. I support murder as long as it doesn't kill people. Mm. You you know, that's kind of... Mountain top removal argument. Oh, I, I don't know. Did I mention that? I, I think it's November 5th. There's going to be a film festival in Charlottesville, Virginia. And they're going to be screening Devil Put the Coal in the Ground. And I'm very much in hopes of going there. I would because I watched it on the small screen on a little iPad, and it moved me to tears. And I can only imagine what it's going to look like on a big screen. So I may try to get my ticket. And uh, I don't know how many people we have close to Charlottesville. But it's a great chance to see the best documentary you will have seen in a very long time. I'm still anxious to, because it's still on the festival circuit, so I'm still anxious for the day that it gets picked up by Amazon or Netflix or, you know, somebody. So that it can uh, get a, a. Because the crisis in Appalachia, just like COVID, is. Far from over. And you know, we started the program uh giving a thorough lambasting to John Kudzu Beard Egg on the face, Durham. Man, you know <laughs> you know you know you really suck when, when the left liberals are giving you hell and well, so too is uh Fox News, TV, Real, Radio Rwanda in the form of Neil Cahuto.
6: It may not be in phone records. There's WhatsApp, there's Signal, there's other encrypted services that people use to communicate. Ultimately, it appears the jury believed what the defense team had to say. And I, I will add, Neil, the defense team did not even put on a defense. They not mm-hmm. only didn't call Danchenko, they didn't even put on a defense. So when Durham and the government was done last Friday, Danchenko's team effectively said, you know, we're done, too. You just have to wonder whether this could be Durham's swan song here, that that, that this was something that, they, you know, there, there was great expectation here, uh, and it's just fizzled. Well, you know, we don't know if John Durham's going to charge anyone else, and, you know, legal experts have said it's unlikely because you look at the statute of limitations. We're talking about stuff that happened in 2016, 2017 we're at six years now from 2016 in in many cases the statute of limitations has expired so there's it there's not real a clear path to see if he's going to charge somebody else but if not and we've known this all along that john durham is someone that's very careful that's very calculated that pays attention to detail and someone that takes his time and i think from a three and a half year investigation we know that this what happened today may not be his final act it may be his final act in a courtroom however we do expect some sort of narrative uh to come out a final durham report just like we saw the Mueller report and by the way even though john durham is a special counsel he still falls under the branch of the department of justice and attorney general merrick garland and merrick garland the ag has been very hands-off uh allowing durham to do his thing He does not want to get in the way. He said, you know, I've renewed Durham's budget. I've let him do his thing. So while we don't 100 percent know if Merrick Garland will give the sign off for John Durham to release his report, I suspect, having covered Merrick Garland, uh, that he will go ahead and give that sign off uh, to allow that Durham report to be released. Um, I'm just getting some information from uh, Jake Gibson, our justice producer. He said uh, Igor Danchenko hugged his wife, who was in tears. And again, not guilty on all four counts, Neil. Uh, you know, uh, I'm wondering in, in the case of Merrick Garland whether you know by not intruding in the case, he's just letting not the Durham's imploding. I don't want to imply that, but but that this whole except case for might the might fact that he did. What do you think? It's it's hard to tell, honestly. Yeah. It's hard to tell because I, there was a lot, Neil, that John Durham wanted to bring into this trial that Judge Anthony Trango would not let him bring into this trial for evidentiary reasons and really other reasons. Got so it. I think John Durham, if you would ask him, and I wish we could ask him, and I wish he would do an interview with us, but he's probably not going to do an interview. I wish we could ask and, and see if he felt like, you know, he didn't get a fair shake from the beginning. If he would do things differently, I would love to sit down and have an opportunity to talk to him. And, you know, we, we have the microphone set up right behind my shoulder here, and I suspect we'll hear from Danchenko's team. We'll try to reach out to Durham and, and his team, but likely we'll get some sort of statement from him, which is which is normal. I mean the government right. typically does not come out and speak if if they lose a case, so that's not abnormal if he doesn't speak. David, thank you very much. No doubt we might be returning.
2: Yeah, that's enough of that. But still. It's uh <laughs> Do you think he's do you think Merrick Garland's just letting him hang himself on his own petard? Oh, well, he's kind of good at it, isn't he? And the losing just keeps happening uh, in the uh, documents review case. New York Times earlier today said that uh, the special master in the documents case seemed a little skeptical today. About the privilege claims of Nitwit Nero. Judge Raymond Deary uh, said that uh, there was insufficient evidence in the log provided by the Petty Fog and Brain Trust to see if there was uh, a valid argument for privilege. Judge Deary said, it's a little perplexing as I go through the log. Uh, What's the expression? Where's the beef? I need some beef. Oh, dear. And even yet, uh, he may be shut down. By the 11th Circuit. It would make sense. Stand by. Thank you for your patience.
1: Let's see, where else?
2: And, uh, you know, I, I uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that the first lawsuit was announced against the student loan relief that President Biden afforded. Well, there's another there's another lawsuit been filed, so, you know, you file them in different jurisdictions, so you make sure you get it all the way to the Supreme Court, you know, because maybe you get split in the circuits. The Cato Institute... Named after a guy, by the way, just because history is a thing, the Cato Institute, named after a guy who cut his own guts out rather than be forgiven for starting a civil war. Really? Uh, the Cato Institute, which is, uh, uh, was co-founded by Chuck Koch, filed a lawsuit in Kansas against the Biden administration for the student loan forgiveness. Claiming that it will undermine hiring their hiring efforts. That if the Cato Institute does not get to take advantage of people with crushing levels of student debt, they won't be able to hire people to work for their libertarian think tank. They claim that canceling student debt broadly for federal borrowers would remove the appeal of public service loan forgiveness. That cancels student debt for government and nonprofit workers after 10 years of qualifying payments. Wow. Who knew you could get your student loan debt forgiven after 10 years of slaving away for a libertarian think tank? Charming. Curiously, uh, other think tanks that aren't libertarians, well, they're not uh they're not suing. In a press release they said Uh, The Constitution does not give the federal government the power to fund, guarantee, or cancel student loans. But if it's going to wield illegitimate power, it should at least do so without additional, maybe even more fundamental violence into the rule of law. That's Cato President Peter Gettler. Allowing the executive branch to undermine the explicit policy choices of the legislative branch, as President Biden's debt cancellation scheme plainly does, is completely beyond the pale... Can we just understand that they're a bunch of shitbirds that want people desperate? Oh, why do they exist? So now we are up to six lawsuits against the Biden administration for trying to take a little bit of heat off of people struggling day in and day out to pay exorbitant student loan debt. Yeah. Uh, Arizona says that uh, uh, that state would be harmed by limiting recruiting benefits from PSLF. I don't think people are going to work for state government or or, or non profits on the on, on, on the uh puncher's chance that they're gonna last there ten years, stay current on their student loans perfectly for ten years and then get some forgiveness. The Biden administration is recommending that people with student debt do continue to uh, apply. And then there were the six Republican-led states who uh, argued last week that, our tax revenues will take a hit if this happens. Oh. So far, there's no uh, no injunction. Remains to be seen. And of course, uh, President Biden made an announcement today. It's hopeful. It's the right thing. Uh, speaking earlier today, he said that uh, if we can, well, uh, he was talking to the Democratic National Committee at the Howard Theater in Washington. He said, if you care about the right to choose, you've got to vote. He said, "If Republicans get their way with a national ban, it won't matter where you live in America." And so he said, job one, job one, if we retain the House and keep the Senate will be to Pat and, and, and he talked about needing two more senators in, 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 you know, in the upper chamber. That's the part about making Kurt, curtsy and Kirsten and Joe to the Mansion born irrelevant that they will that the House and the Senate will codify Roe as the law of the land. And then the national fight starts all over again. But it's the right thing to do. It's absolutely the right thing to do.
12: I want to repeat it again. The only sure way to stop these extremists, Hold the on. Congressional Republicans are doubling down on their extreme positions. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader of the House, has said that if they take control of the House, our work is, quote, far from done. He wants the United States Congress to pass a law that would ban abortion nationwide. Senator, well. Senator Lindsey Graham called for an abortion ban that criminalizes doctors and nurses who provide medical care for their patients in need. If Republicans get their way with a national ban, it won't matter where you live in America. So let me be very clear. If such a bill were to pass in the next several years, I'll veto it. We can't let it pass in the first instance. Immediately after the Dobbs decision came down, I signed an order, and my administration took a number of actions to protect the access to reproductive health care, including emergency medical care, to protect a woman's right to travel from a state that prohibits abortion to a state that allows it, and to protect the privacy of sensitive health information, preserving preventing states from tracking women or seeking help, because that's what some will do. But as I said when the Dobbs decision we're fighting a battle in the courts as well, but as I said in the Dobbs decision, when well, it least, I want to repeat it again. The only sure way to stop these extremist laws that are put in jeopardy women's health and rights is for Congress to pass a law. And I've said before, the court got Roe right nearly 50 years ago, and I believe Congress should codify Roe once and for all. Right now, we're short a handful of votes. If you care about the right to choose, then you got to vote. That's why, in these midterm elections, are so critical to elect more Democratic senators to the United States Senate and more Democrats to keep control of the House of Representatives. <laughs> and, folks, if we do that, here's the promise I make to you and the American people. The first bill that I will send to the Congress will be to codify Roe v. Wade. And when Congress passes it, I'll sign it in January, 50 years after Roe was first decided the law of the land. I'm asking the American people to remember how you felt, how you felt the day the extreme Dobbs decision came down and Roe was overturned after 50 years. And I'm asking you, and by the way, it's not just affecting your young generation. It's affecting children, moms, grandmoms, grandpops, all the entire generations, all the way across the board. And I remember asking, I want you to remember that the final say does not rest in the court now. It does not rest with extremist Republicans in Congress. And finally say, finally say about your right to choose that it rests with you. And if you do your part and vote, Democratic leaders of Congress, I promise you, will do our part. I'll do my part. And with your support, I'll sign a law codifying Roe in January. Together, let's remember who we are. We are the United States of America, and there's nothing beyond our capacity. So vote, vote, vote. God bless you all, and may God
2: protect our troops. Any argument? Sounds pretty forceful to me. How about you? I'm not... (laughs) I like the guy. I was absolutely wrong about him in the 2020 election cycle. I liked other people instead. But this is the most progressive president we have had since Franklin Delano Roosevelt, period, bar none, and a discussion. Standard disclaimers uh, apply. He's not nearly ideologically pure enough. But, you know, only Jill Effenstein, Ralph Nader, and maybe Tulsi Gabbard are. And can you imagine life under them? Because I get the distinct impression that uh, uh, any of those three uh, could screw up a one-car parade. And the stakes are high. Oh. Um. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Cotta, Mr. Cotta. Nice old sitcom reference. Is Fox News saying that Garland, who did not interfere with Kudzu's investigation and actually renewed his budget, which, you know, Republicans would have had a shit hemorrhage if he did otherwise, should have interfered? And has there been any discussion by the mainstream media, or even Democrats for that matter, but let's focus on the mainstream media about how much kudzu has cost the American taxpayers for a special counsel investigation that has run over one year longer than special counsel Mueller's did? Because that's all we heard when Mueller was investigating Russia interference in the election. We heard that nonstop ad nauseam. And actually, Mueller made money for the government, so pretty much paid for himself. Yeah, don't... Uh, don't uh, don't rest on that, Darlene. Waiting to hear the ooh, the Durham investigation cost costed seventy bajillion. Dollars. No, because this was just a regrettable, uh, a, a regrettable uh, search for truth when the truth was hidden. Did you notice the give, the giveaway there? Well, you know they, they wanted to bring in evidence, but the court wouldn't let him for evidentiary and other reasons. Really? Evidentiary and other reasons? That's why you don't let evidence in, because of the rules of evidence. No, Mr. Durham, you do not get to claim that the defendant killed Cock Robin. Or kidnapped the Lindbergh baby. Petty fog and kudzu faced. Never mind. <laughs> okay, Randy Ray. Yeah. Bernie got to him. Bernie 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 got to Biden But the things that President Biden was talking about today do have every bit of the real world implications that uh he asserted People magazine of all places Interviewed a woman by the name of Amanda Zorowski. She said she was 18 weeks pregnant when she began to experience a spontaneous abortion. See, the article I'm looking at says miscarriage, but we know that miscarriage is not the right term. Spontaneous abortion is the term we need to be using. So she was at 18 weeks when she started having a spontaneous abortion. Basically, what happened was her her OB-GYN told her that her cervix had opened too early. It happens. She was horrified by the news. She wanted her baby. There was nothing medical science could do.
0: Here's the problem.
2: Amanda Zarowski lives in Texas. She was living every minute of every day with a fetus inside her that was non-viable. And the doctors explained to her that thanks to Greg Abbott and Ken Paxton and the Republican voters of Texas, every voter who ever cast a vote for Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the United Bugger Eaton future king of America, or John Cornholio, or any single solitary rotten-ass Republican member of the Texas legislature, thanks to them, Amanda Zorosky, would have to wait until she was at death's very door to receive appropriate medical treatment for her spontaneous abortion. She told People Magazine, I was left wanting to either get so sick that I almost died or praying for my baby's heart to stop beating, this baby that I'd wanted and worked to have for 18 months. Every time they did an ultrasound to be hoping to hear the heartbeat, but at the same time to not hear the heartbeat. Her heartbeat, it's the most anguishing feeling. And then she became septic. These theocratic, religion-driven monstrosities who claim to value life have put a system in place in places like Texas where a woman has to become septic and literally be near death before they can have medical relief for something that should be a matter of course. And after she became septic, she told People Magazine, it took three days at home until I became sick enough that the ethics board at our hospital agreed we could begin medical treatment. Three days until my life was considered at risk enough, you know, to satisfy Republicans, for the inevitable premature delivery of my daughter to be performed. Three days until the doctors, nurses, and other healthcare professionals were allowed to do their jobs. And now, because of a lingering bacterial infection, Amanda Zoroski still has complications, and she will soon have to undergo a surgery that would have been absolutely, entirely unnecessary. You know what? Obviously, I don't know this woman. But I want her to know... That there is at least one human being out there that absolutely believes in her fundamental right to spit in the face of Greg Abbott. To spit in the face of Ken Paxton, To spit in the face of Rafaelito Eduardo Cruz, the anointed booger eaten future king of America. To spit in the face of John Cornyn. And especially to spit in the face of Sammy Bad Breath Alito. And Clarence pubes on the Coke can, Fappy Thomas, and spit in the face of Ann's boy Neil, and spit in the face of b b brat and especially to spit in the filthy, vulgar, self-hating face of the handmaid. Absolutely. Because they all did it to. And while she lay near dying every last one of them all those men and that one self-hating woman were yucking it up because they had done the dirty theocratic business of their lords and masters. Damn. Damn them forever. Kind of like what Cynthia in the Bay Area said a little bit ago. I really wish there was a devil to fly them away straight to hell. And let us watch. Monsters is too weak a word for them. Ghoul. Begins to touch it. Misanthropes is close, maybe in the same area code. Maybe the best thing to call them is what they call themselves, Christians. Christians. Because damn sure not operating on science or anything like that. Um, we got 15 bucks to finish off Cat's challenge. And that means that that will mean that tomorrow when we, when the deacons pass the plate, we'll be under a one thousand, under a thousand dollars to try to catch up with fundraising. And hopefully that'll happen. Okay, this is, uh, this is sick. I mean, sometimes we deal with it. I mean, like the last story wasn't sick, but this is macabre. Uh, I shouldn't be surprised by a story like this, and yet I was. Uh, and yet I saw the headline. I'm like, really? How do you win? Has nobody here seen war games? What do you like to play a game? You know, the only way to win a game of global thermonuclear war is not to play. Because, like I said, I should have not been surprised, but, you know. Betting parlors will take bets on which bird leaves a wire first. And so... With the, with the pressure ramping up in the war that Vladimir Putin started and persists in prosecuting, online betting sites are now offering odds, if you would care to bet, at, for instance, Polymarket, a cryptocurrency betting site, Well, uh they've got a they've got a bet question. Will Russia use a nuclear weapon before 2023? And the odds on the use of an offensive first strike nuclear weapon are calculated right now at Polymarket at 1 in 20. So if you bet a dollar or a crypto whatever, um if Pooty decides to light it up, you're going to win $18.97 yeah. because after fees. A dollar gets you 20 minus the fees. Uh, on the other hand, if you bet that they won't be used, you're going to win $1.04 for the same $1 you bet. <sighs> Poly Market said, this market will resolve to yes if the Russian Federation detonates a nuclear device in an offensive capacity by December 31st, 2022, 1159.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Otherwise, this market will resolve to no. To satisfy a yes resolution, the detonation of a nuclear device must be in an offensive capacity, whether deliberate or accidental, must not be a test, and must either be claimed by the Russian Federation or considered by a preponderance of credible reporting and or information from credible sources to be from the Russian Federation. For the purpose of this market's resolution, determination as to whether a detonation was nuclear will be made by a preponderance of credible reporting." and then these then these uh these fucking orcs uh said no, actually we're doing a public service i'm just doing the british accent because i you know what who else bedding parlors are big in mary old england that's yeah, public good and uh if you want to you can Transfer some crypto into polymarket outcome shares and they can be redeemed in real live, no kidding, dollars uh, if if you win. You know, if you're still alive. Or if the computers that run the crypto are still on. Um So on their website, they said prediction market on whether Russia will use nuclear weapons has been requested many times recently by esteemed academics and thought leaders from across the world. And it's strongly within the public's interest to have accurate price discovery and real time forecasts on such a topic. Oh, you fucking ghouls. Existing prediction markets on this subject, like functional price discovery mechanisms, and thus are misleading the people. Therefore, it was deemed it was deemed necessary to support this market as a public good in order to provide clarity to society on one of the most pressing issues of the 21st century. Good luck collecting. Like I said, I shouldn't have been surprised. But, God, there's no... And I thought it was a mistake to put an NFL team in Las Vegas. Oh, well. Thank you, Jude. (sighs) Tell me... And, and maybe some of y'all are that. What kind of uh, what kind of person places a bet that uh, a nuclear nuclear conflagration will take place because you know you got money on the line. I mean, is this the kind of thing that, you know, problem gamblers bet on? Is there is there a moment when having bet that Vlad Pootie will light it up? Is there a moment where you look up and you go, holy shit, what's wrong with me? God, I'm awful. I'm a human waste product. I just... I just put myself in a position of having to hope that Vladimir Putin starts a nuclear war. Holy crap. Oh, well, sure hope he does. Because I'm going to make a dollar and 18 cents for every dollar spent. No, I'm sorry, $18 and 97 cents. Yeah, the pootie won't start the war bet. Oh, that's a that's a sucker's bet. All you get's a buck for. Oh well. I, and and you know exactly who places these kinds of bets. You know the Euchro Nazi crowd. People who think that Putin is a fine, fine fella who uh, just wants to have a little realm, or whatever it is in Russian. And that he's just all terrified by having a non-aggressive Ukraine right there on his border. And he was so terrified of them, he stole Crimea from them and Donetsk and Luhansk. Because Pootie is the victim, y'all. That's gross. I, I I don't know. I don't know another way to say it, but it is. Now, see the American Physical Society; they'll calculate uh, rough odds, but they're not trying to help anybody make a buck off of it. That's capitalism, sugar. Best that the APS will say is that the probability of the US successfully intercepting an incoming North Korean missile is low. But you say, hey, wait. We threw a dart at an asteroid. We threw a BB at an asteroid and hit it. Yeah, but see you got a lot more room. You got a lot more time. This is kind of this is more like a this is more like a spitball. Through a straw. But again, they're not—they're not encouraging people to try to make a profit from nuclear, fucking doomsday. <sighs> uh, Laura Grego was an is an academic at MIT who co-chaired the report writing for the American Physical Society. She said that. Uh, Considering how many more missiles Russia has, the idea of an impenetrable shield against uh, against them is just a fantasy. Well, that's, uh, that's reassuring. I guess not. And, uh thank you thank you we are done with uh, cat in Ohio's challenge and another 10 bucks to go go uh, to go with it thank you so much anonymously from a woman of the horn thank you so thank no thank you so much so adding it all together, that takes us uh, down to six twenty-five. Six twenty-five and catch up—that means tonight, or today's program and yesterday's program, and twenty-five bucks of Friday. So that's a lot of catching up we've done. Thank you. Uh, fear mongering by Fox News TV Radio Rwanda Air Force warplanes intercept a pair of Russian bombers near Alaska this happens all the time don't tell the folks at Polymarket and uh, break sort of breaking news uh President Biden, according to the Washington Post, is releasing uh, more oil from the Strategic Reserve, 15 million more barrels of fuel, in order to uh, get the American people, who apparently can't think of anything other than the price of fuel at the pump, to uh, stand down from sweat condition alpha there, He will of course be given hell for doing it because well he's just trying to buy votes, just like with them student loans. He's just trying to buy votes. That's all Biden's trying to do, trying to buy votes. Oh, stop. And it it you know, just from the, the everything old is new again department. This is so disgusting. A factory in Alabama that produces parts that are used in Kia and Hyundai automobiles has been found as the result of a Labor Department investigation to have been hiring kids under the age of 16 and as young as 13 to work in their factory. S.L. Alabama in Alexander City, and I know exactly where that... I've got a friend who lives there. Violated labor laws by employing workers under the age of 14 and hiring workers under the age of 16 in manufacturing roles. They wound up getting fined 30000 whole dollars. That's probably a lot less than they saved by not hiring adults by the Department of Labor, and then the Alabama Department of Labor stepped in and slapped them with another $17,800. Ooh, that's going to sting. And uh, the Biden Labor Department will take this on the chin too, because they got a court order to stop the company from shipping or delivering any goods produced in violation of child labor laws under the Fair Labor Standards Act. So that means it's going to be harder to oh god. And it wasn't just it wasn't just that company SL Alabama because they were working, wait for it, with ha huh, an employment agency. And they got stung, too, JKUSA. And they got busted for hiring three workers aged 13, 15, and 15 to actually operate manufacturing machinery, in this case plastic bonding machines, and didn't even bother to get child labor permits. Because, you know, down in Alabama, they got freedom. they got 650 workers in the Alexander City area, SL, SL Alabama does. They make headlights, they make rear combination lights, and they make side mirrors for uh, Hyundai and Kia, among other uh, uh, other manufacturers. Good for Ray Curry, the president of the United Auto Workers Union. He said, exploitation of children is shameful in any circumstance, but it is especially distressing to see it take place at a supplier to a major automotive company such as Hyundai. I'm guessing it's not a union shop. Because the union would be hopping mad as an old wet hen if the bosses tried to pull something like that. Meanwhile, SL Alabama, moving into excuse mode, said, We've cooperated with the regulators and terminated our relationship with the staffing firm that sent us those underage workers. You know, I mean, does does a 13-year-old look like an adult to you? I mean, naturally, we're not talking about a 13-year-old black kid with a BB gun because... We've had court testimony. Oh, I look like adults to me. But really? 13-year-old, 15-year-old? Remember when our kids were 13 and 15? They were not mistakable for an adult. Hey, kid, how, are, how old are you? Well, I'm 27 and a half. I'm 27 and a half, boss. And uh, Uh, the the SL Alabama went on to say, we never knowingly employed miners to work at any of our facilities. Well, of course not. It's not a mine. It's a gut. Never mind. Stop it, Robin. And uh, uh, Kia Georgia spoke up and said, "Uh, we don't tolerate unlawful or unethical workplace practices internally or from our business partners and suppliers. We've directed our suppliers to validate their employment screening. Yes, and I need another harumph out of that guy. I didn't get a harumph. Watch your ass. But but, uh, SL Alabama did sack the company president. Oh, we didn't do anything right. Get out. I think of those pictures of, children coming out of coal mines in the early 20th century. And then I remember that people like Newt Gingrich want to return to that. Remember when Newt Gingrich said we needed more child labor? Yeah, right? Uh, Lady B responding, 13-year-olds, only if she wears makeup and dresses like a hussy. That's why Daddy was tempted to give her a brother. Lady B, Lady B, Lady B. Oh, gimmick infringement. Uh, But Lady B added, uh, I wonder do the rich and those who have bomb shelters think a nuclear war is like it is on television? Reminder, today's bombs are ten times more powerful. And Putin wouldn't just be affecting Ukraine, it would affect Europe as well. It wouldn't be good at all. Uh, living in Colorado Springs, we know we don't have a snowball's chance in hell of survival. We're right next to Norad, and Shriver's out east. Once those jets go up in the air, it's just—it isn't just another pretty air show. I don't know where our, si- uh, our our silos are, but our neighbors do. Judgment Day is the day the silos open. Hypocrites need not worry. God had them pegged for hell already, anyway. Yeah, so you yeah, I mean that—that's that, a that. that uh, raises an interesting point, Lady B. Where are these people that are betting on the nuclear holocaust? I mean, is this the entire... I, I gotta think that the that the Kiwis, the folks in New Zealand, New Zealand, are entirely too nice to do something that tacky. Are the French and the Germans and the Swedes and the Finns and the Norwegians and the Danes and the Dutch, the English and the... the, the, the are they are they betting on it? Oh, jolly good show, jolly good show. Or is it a bunch of libertarians and Republicans and you know profit motive oriented assholes here in Marco? Oh wait, I know who's betting on it. Are you kidding me? That that Iranian beard who. Prides himself on having, uh, having, uh, murdered people in the past. You know that dirty, smelly bastard's betting on it. Or uh, how about? How about Mohammed bin Bonesaw? You know that's that, that you know that dude's good to I mean a million you know, ten million bucks is chump change to him. It's really kind of hard to hedge your bets that way between a payoff of a dollar and four cents versus eighteen ninety seven. But he's sleazy enough to do it. Oh, and I wanted to share something I ran across the other day. I mentioned that uh, dirt bag in Iran found one of his tweets. Uh, it's a, it's a series of them, and it's got translations of what he said. Because you know they got terrible, terrible problems in Iran right now because women are getting right sick, and oddly enough, men are sick of it too. Uh, of of seeing women treated like human waste you know it would be nice to see if women in the United States would be as fierce as the Iranian women are so anyway the dirtbag beard uh, that's the president of Iran who is a confessed murderer said some four days ago God created one more type of animal and that is woman. They're just like cows and sheep. But God created these women to look like humans so that they wouldn't frighten the men. God has only created them for men to use. They are animals. God, wouldn't you like to love to see him turned loose among some of the more pissed off women in Iran? There wouldn't be a greasy spot left. God created a different kind of animal and culture. uh, That note coming in from Ron and Raleigh. All they had to do, if they just waited a while until SCOTUS rolled back the Lochner rulings and child labor laws, that's exactly what I thought. Because Lochner's Lochner's on their to-do list. Right after they get done with the gay marriage, and right after they get done with the privacy and the condoms, and right after they get done with the human rights for the trans people, and right after they get done with the sodomy laws, Lochner, you're up next. You're not wrong, Ron. And sure, says Randy Radar, all that betting on sports won't corrupt sports. (sighs) Emilio said the devil created Republicans and Christian nationalists. Are we even now? That's quality. And subject line winning. Matt in San Francisco says winning the bet is one thing. Collecting the spoils. Ha ha. Now there's the challenge. Even if you could dig through the burning shards finding a place to spend it is entirely a different story. You know, not to not to not to provide any spoilers, but I assume that most people have by now seen Don't Look Up. We're rapidly approaching the end of that movie. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, and Herschel who uh, Herschel Walker who constantly put it's not that he's going to put everyone knows he's going to put his foot in his mouth the question is how he's going to get the other one in there with it and he's uh, uh, the, the line is he makes extensive comments on abortion allegations hockey puck this was on today you know as soon as the ad runs
13: in his hometown of Wrightsville, Georgia. Herschel Walker providing his most extensive comments about allegations he paid for an ex-girlfriend to have an abortion in 2009 why not reach out to her? And if why, why should I? Why do I need to? NBC News has now spoken to that former girlfriend who provided us with what she says is a copy of a $700 check that Walker gave her to pay for the abortion and a receipt from the medical center in Georgia where she alleges it took place. NBC News is not revealing the woman's identity or the documents to protect the privacy of all parties. But we did show a copy of the check to Walker, who said the allegation he paid for an abortion isn't true.
14: This is still a lie because she's the mother of my child. So you're going to see me in a check or somebody giving a check. So that, that I'm saying it's a lie.
13: Do you I know what say? this $700 check is? I have is no for?
14: idea what that can be for. Is that your signature on the I, oh, check, though? Let me see. It could be. And it doesn't matter whether it's my signature or not. Could no, be.
13: Walker said definitively, the, for the, will first believe time, me. the check is his.
14: Yes, that's my check. Why should voters believe you in this? Voters believe me because I've been very transparent about everything I've ever done.
13: He has also faced allegations of domestic violence from multiple women, including his ex-wife and his 23-year-old son, Christian, a conservative influencer. He said, and I'll just quote for you, you threatened to kill us and had us move over six times in six months running from your Mm -hmm. violence. You have said you love your son, Christian. Right. Just... For the voters who want to hear an answer to the allegation about violence. What the fuck? Is that true? What uh, should people know?
14: I would say, I love my son Christian. I love my whole family. I'll always love them and stuff. That's what I say for my son Christian. And I don't have any violence.
13: Walker has also faced criticism for embellishing statements about his academic and business records and ties to law enforcement, highlighted by his opponent, Senator Raphael Warnock, in their debate.
14: I've never pretended to be a police officer. (laughs) And and I've never I've never threatened a shootout with the police.
13: Walker then brandished what appeared to be a badge.
14: And you know what's so funny? I am with many police officers. And at the same time,
13: we asked him to explain that moment. And where's this
14: one from? This is from my hometown. This is from Johnson County, from the sheriff from Johnson County, which is a legit bad.
13: The Johnson County Sheriff confirmed to NBC News he gave Walker an honorary badge, which allows him to help with community support in a crisis. Georgia is key to determining which party controls the Senate. While walking on the Wrightsville field that bears the former football star's name, Walker revealed former President Trump called him after the debate. Did he give you any indication, just to put a fine point on it, that he will be here in Georgia for you? campaigning.
14: If I need him, uh, he'll come.
13: Now, there was another debate in Atlanta last night, which Walker did not attend, citing disagreements with the format. We did ask Senator Warnock for an interview, but he declined. His campaign, though, sent us this statement overnight, which I will read saying, quote, this campaign will come down to who is ready to represent Georgia. And it is clear that is not Herschel Walker. <laughs>
2: OK, that's good. Yeah, Herschel's Herschel love Matt in San Francisco says, "Yeah, I love them even when I'm pistol whipping them." Stop the ride. I want off. I know, I know, Matt. So the 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 closer we get to November the eighth, the more uh, swirly straw tequila moments, uh, rot gut tequila moments, I suspect we're going to have here. It's, and the challenge is staying away. Uh, let's run over to the stress line for a second. Hey, welcome to the program.
5: Good afternoon, Robin. Good, uh, good evening, I should say. Well, hey,
2: Kevin. How in the world are you? Great to hear from you.
5: Good. I'm doing good. Um, I attempted to donate a while ago and had issues doing it on the site there, Um. I will try again. If I have some issues with it, I'll send you an email because I couldn't do it no matter what I tried to do. And so um, I think it's an issue of a button on there. The button that says donate with PayPal or donate with uh, your debit card, credit card. And I don't think that was working. So... But anyway, I did attempt to donate, and I will, one way or the other, because it, it was with solidarity with Darlene and Ted Cat and the Horn family, because uh, you're the one show that speaks up, speaks out, and is not influenced by any corporate donors, and that makes a big difference.
2: Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much, and and I don't know what the issue is, but we'll try to get it sorted out. But I think you know your willingness is everything in the world. Just being willing.
5: Well, thank you. Um, I got well, one of the things I wanted to mention. You and Darlene were talking about her issues on the air, with airplanes with the wheelchairs, and it reminded me my big issue with the airplanes is the restrooms. I'm five foot six and a half, give or take. There are some restrooms in those planes that I have to duck to get into the restroom. And we've had since, what, 1992, as it was it? And they still do not make accessible restrooms for the disabled. After all these years, I, it just boggles my mind that these restrooms that you go into on an airplane are so small, you barely can turn around in them. And if you have any type of disability, particularly mo- mobility issues, you're pretty much screwed. Um, I flew one time with a person who was wasn't obese, but he was very big. He couldn't get into the restroom. And well, what are people supposed to do? It's just, I I don't understand why, well, I do, Republicans, but I really don't understand because Republicans are disabled too. Why we can't make things equal for everyone in terms of It just boggles my mind that this keeps happening Um, on buses, trains, planes, the lack of disability awareness in some cases, not all, but, you know, majority of them is still very much lacking. So I just wanted to mention that because I know People in the Horn family fly, and it 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 irritates me every time I go into a restroom on a plane. How hard it is to move around in there. So I wanted to mention that, and then um, I just wanted to kind of update everyone. My mother passed away on September first with um, cancer. And I know most of the Horn family was kept updated on that, but um, if you suspect that you have a lump or something like that, don't put it off because uh, in looking back on the whole, she was diagnosed the end of July and on September 1st, she passed away, month and a half. Oh my goodness. One time she was diagnosed. But one of the things she said to me before she went in the hospital in the first of August was that she had had a lump under her arm, and she had let that go too long. So, you know, uh, not all lumps are cancerous. Not all skin things on your skin are cancerous. But if you even think you might, get it checked out. Because it's, you know, uh, the type of cancer that she was diagnosed with is something called Merkel cell cancer. It's a very aggressive form of skin cancer. It's not really skin cancer. It affects the nerves under the skin, but it's a very aggressive form of cancer. And they literally could not do anything for her. From the time she went in the hospital, she got so weak that... Even if they had wanted to give her chemotherapy, she wouldn't have been able to tolerate it. So um, I just want to test that on because we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. You know, I have a spot on my skin, and, uh, well, it can wait. You know, and that's not always a good thing to do. So, um I just want to say that to the Horn family. Get yourself checked out if you need to.
2: Good advice, Kevin. Good advice. And Jude wrote in and just said, "Hearing you on the Horn line uh, brings her comfort," and says you are a trusted oh, friend.
5: Well, thank you, Jude. It's it's been um, and well, uh, my helper passed away also. My helper was about 40 years of age. Oh, no. She called the, the week I was getting ready to go to Florida. That Monday, she called out. She had a, what she thought was a migraine headache. She drove herself to the
0: hospital.
5: Oh, no. the migraine. And of course, you can guess what it was. She became unresponsive in the emergency room, had a massive stroke. Well, they took her into the OR to relieve the pressure on her brain from the first stroke, and while she was in the OR, she had another stroke, and she ended up passing away from that. And uh, you know, it's just it—it it just blows my mind. It—it emphasizes to me how short this life is. And I don't say that to be a downer. It's just to take advantage of the life you have for as long as you have it and try to make the most of the time you have because none of
0: us is guaranteed to live to be a certain age. No, no. We think we are, but
5: that's not true. So um it's just been one, a month and a half of... Things like that happening—it's just, you know—I have not really processed. Right, I'm in I'm still in the middle of processing everything.
2: Oh, it, I can imagine. Do you do you have a do you have a do you have a therapist you can talk to or anything?
5: No, I. I don't think I really need a therapist. I just need the time to process everything. And even since I've been back, I, things have been happening, doctor's appointments. And because I missed doctor's appointments while I was out in court, I've been trying to catch up with everything. So it's just a matter of the days like tomorrow where I have nothing scheduled. Getting several days like that in a row to be able to process things, and I slowly am, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a process to get over the grief, get over the shock, um, to make sense of it all, and um, so it's, I, you know, I. I, oh, I, just want, I, just, I, just, I
2: just want you to be okay, as okay as you possibly can be.
5: Well, thank you. I don't, right now I don't think I need a therapist. I just need time to process and heal from everything. And, of course, when you're grieving over the loss of anyone, parent, child, whatever it is, it is, it doesn't happen overnight, you know. Um You've lost your parents, and I know right, what it was twenty years ago. You lost your mother. You're still grieving that today, and you never will stop grieving that because she was special to you. Same thing with your mom. Yeah, some, and you know.
2: Well, Darlene, <laughs> Darlene wrote in, Kevin, and said, "Oh, that's heartbreaking about your mom, and about your about your helper." Uh, sincere condolences from Darlene
5: thank you, Darlene, and I am totally with you, as you're saying with the wheelchair. It's just ridiculous. We have a group out here, uh, Colorado Across Disability Coalition. They've been dealing with that out here in Colorado, with the wheelchair users. It is a major problem. And why that... that uh, company that Darlene has would be so rude to her, like they were, is just unconscionable. Um, I, I I just don't understand things like that, because if you live long enough, you're going to be disabled one day. It's just a fact of life. You're going to be disabled in some way,
0: so
2: shape, much, or form. There's so much truth in that.
5: Yeah. We all get old, you know? I, you just, I, uh, and if you have parents, you want them to be able to be independent as long as they can, and that independence is predicated on them getting the things they need to maintain their independence, things like walkers, wheelchairs, etc. And to have that issue with the parts like Darlene has just makes me angry. It should make anyone in America angry that something like that would happen. But then again, we have Republicans who don't seem to mind to want to not cap the price of drugs, um, uh, like out here in Colorado, big debate about Governor Polis capping insulin at $75. I think it's $75. i am not sure of the price, but capping the price of insulin in a month. Well, if people can't afford insulin, what happens to them? Their diabetes gets worse, and that affects your relatives at some point. You you're going to know someone in your life that has diabetes and this it's one dependent. And it just I I the best thing I can say is vote democratic because that is the only way to correct any of this mess that we're in as a country. It it just blows my mind. It has gotten to this point compared to where, you know, when I was a kid in 1977 when I graduated high school. Where where I thought we would be today in 2022, I couldn't have imagined we'd be in this shape as a country today. It just is...
2: Yeah, kind of waiting, All kind of, things. kind of, kind of trusting that the Star Trek universe would we'd be making progress by now, but no, we've got we got libertarians in space. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's a story yeah, for I tomorrow. Guess. By the way, Brother Deacon Asa looked in on uh, on on what you did, what you mentioned and said, uh, basically what it is is the. Uh, the, pay, the the uh, interface works, but when you get to the PayPal website, it gets stuck on the "I'm not a robot" routine, and PayPal's having problems. So uh,
5: okay. Well, I didn't even see the I, "I'm not a robot" thing, um, and my software reads that now. You just check the box off, but I didn't even see that with PayPal. So I saw a little spinner thing that I couldn't access. So maybe I. If Jason is uh, willing, if you could give him my email address, and I could get with him and maybe go through it with him and see if we can go through, through it together and see where the problem is. Because I, I attempted to donate without PayPal, and I couldn't do it. Then I tried it with PayPal, and I got that spinner thing. So uh, it's probably more of an issue with my software, but still, I just got stuck. So, if worst comes to worst, though, there's always the Eisenhower, snail uh, mail address. Yeah, again,
2: there's there's, there's, there's so. always yeah there's always the box. So, well, Jude, Jude wants you to Kevin know. Hey, Kevin, Jude wants you to know that journeys through rough waters with insight and understanding are yours. And says so much well, for the vi- so much for the vision of our eyes. Kevin's visually compromised, but sees so clearly.
5: well sometimes some of us that are blind see much more than those who are sighted and the people that i'm talking about that are sighted that do not see don't even know that they, they, that they don't see they 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 have no understanding of what I'm talking about. So, at any rate, I just wanted to call and check in. Um, I've got to go here and make phone call, but I wanted to check in and say hello. It is. I even got, when I was out in Florida, I got to listen to you. I had headphones so amongst all the Trumpers. I was happily listening to the horn Without anyone being aware that I was listening.
2: Good for so. you. And you know, uh, I, I mentioned the start. I mentioned the Star Trek thing a, a minute ago, and uh, our pal, our pal Micah said, uh, "You know, the problem with getting to the Star Trek universe is you got to go through the Mad Max universe first. And there's tr- there's yep. tr- there's truth in that. There absolutely is. She's right. Uh, yep. So uh, you go make your phone call, and hopefully this thing will sort itself out. And I'm just glad to hear from you. Don't be a stranger. You know that, right?
5: Oh, yeah. Yep. I just, um, oh, I will be calling in. And I'm just in the, that period of time that I'm processing and grieving and going forward. I know. So you, you will be hearing from me.
2: All right, so. Kevin. You take care, dear.
5: All right, Robin. Thank you very much for taking my call, and I will talk to you later on.
2: Okay. See you. Be well. All right. Bye. And so we come to the end of this uh, Titanic Tuesday. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thanks to everybody who responded to these generous challenges. Thank you to our anonymous friend, and thank you to Cat in Ohio, for making them. Thank you to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you to uh, Brother Bishop Steve in Georgia stand. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head Live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Hey, remember... Brand-new Fresh Malloy on the way, 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 6 p.m. Pacific. The best place to listen to the first run of Malloy is head on live. And I'll be covering for Mike Friday and Monday, maybe Tara and I will do it. I, I, have, such, I have such fun when I talk with Tara, and you all seem to enjoy it too. Uh, thank you, Ben Birch, whiterosesociety.org. The White Rose stream server is down for some reason. I'll be talking to Ben. Thanks to the hardest working bravest people I know the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch crmw.net 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop and doing such good work I don't know if you heard the NPR story yesterday it was pretty good um, please stay safe uh like uh, like like cat in Ohio said it's fall y'all Time to get the booster. Get your flu shot, too. Let's just get that all out of the way. Why don't we? Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear your mask among the great maggot unwashed. Use your hand sanitizer. Maintain your social distance 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, you know, for God's sakes, if somebody if somebody comes uh, bebopping down the road towards you, Saying something like, uh, We don't go into space to leave Earth. We go to space to defend Earth. Oh, from who, Bezos? The multi limbed amorphous aliens from Norblamp 9, I guess. Whatever. Avoid him like the plague. Because he is. And always, always, always. Gina, it's all for you. Lighter.